Hello, this is Prince William with an important message for the people listening to this very, 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 very tolerable podcast. Remember to watch your host, Craig Rowan, on the new Adult Swim TV show Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. Every Thursday at midnight on Adult Swim. Okay, now it's time to go back to doing the duties of being a prince. Time to play tennis with the Duchess of Butts. Enjoy the podcast, sincerely, Prince William. Well, it's that episode, not that episode, not that episode, it's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I invite a guest over to my apartment. We watch any TV show they want. We watch it. We talk about it. We talk about a bunch of other crap. Today, I'm very excited. My special guest, special guest, is Josh Patton, who is a writer on Weekend Update on SNL, and he is a performer at the UCB Theater in New York every Saturday night uh, with Grandma's Ashes, Saturday at 1030. Uh, hi. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. The Saturday 1030 is only when Saturday Night Live is not live. I'm no, not, no, no, no. I'm you, not doing a Mrs. Doubtfire and running back and forth from work. And you have like a, it's like any three's company. You have two very important things at the same time and you have to split between them. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then like in Mrs. Doubtfire, you get drunk as the night goes on and your teeth fall out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a typical Saturday night for me. Uh, um, that sounds like a really stressful schedule. Uh, you know what? You make it work because you find out that what's most important in your life is your children, mm-hmm. uh, which I have four beautiful, beautiful children who I also arrange to meet every Saturday night. It's just, and, and, dude, I just keep making really, the mistake. You're stretching yourself so thin. I think I, that's what it is, is you need to pick one commitment. Every Sunday, I have nothing to do all day, God. but it's just, I'm just so exhausted from running, racing back and forth between family you know, my job. And then your kids are just unwatched during the Sunday. Like, they're on the no adult supervision. Not my problem. Okay. Not my problem. <laughs> All right, that's fine. I'm just saying it's it's time to look at your life. Um, thank you so much for coming. Um, we are – I am I am I have to say I'm very excited about what show we're going to watch. I'll let you explain, but I have to say that this is the show that I would choose if I was a guest on this podcast. I would have picked a different episode just because – it's the taste of it's your own taste but this is one of the shows growing up that i just love so much and i think i don't know how it's affected me but i know it must have there must be rippling effects somehow uh yeah that's true it's quantum leap i yes. think it was somebody who's listening to this somebody who's listening to this has clicked on a link that says quantum leap like no, they, no, there's, no. you're not there's I, no I, slow build i assume that people just see my, the name of the podcast downloaded and then they yeah. just like are blind to everything. Yeah, they're just they co- they search the internet for MP3s mm-hmm. and just download them all and listen to them. No, it's a Quantum Leap. Uh, the episode is the Color of Truth, which is I think episode seven from season one. Um, I actually pitched you two shows, uh, and yes. you did have a guiding I, hand in this choice. I already blocked the other show, right? It was Perfect Strangers, per- which is another yeah. show that I loved growing right. up. Right. So in an alternate reality, we're watching the uh, episode where they go to the ski cabin of Perfect Strangers, and you know what? We might leap into our versions of ourselves watching. Right. It. That's the thing with Quantum Leap. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so this is uh, this is season one episode, and it's the color of truth. Uh, can I yeah, give the brief like capsule of what yeah, this episode yeah, is? Yeah, why don't you why? explain why you wanted to watch the show, why this episode, and what it means to you? Uh, well, Quantum Leap is one of my favorite shows. It's one of the first shows. Uh, came out. It's, I guess it came out when I was eight years old. The first episode, I believe, came it was nineteen eighty nine. Nineteen eighty nine. Yes. Um, and it's one of the first shows I really latched onto as being cool and smart, like the premise I liked. Uh, the only other shows I remember watching are like situational comedies and uh, like my fam- my parents would watch L.A. Law mm-hmm. uh, and like Hill Street Blues, which is just like, oh, hospital. Oh, you know, uh, lawyers. So this is the first one where it's like, oh, this guy can leap into different people. He goes throughout history. Uh, and I loved it and watched every episode up until it got crazy and weird in the last season. Yeah, there there. Were- like I was just brushing up on Wikipedia and there's like another leaper that, yeah there's like, evil leapers yeah, that basically because Sam the premise of the show for those of you who have never watched Quantum Leap is Sam Beckett a scientist from I think 1999 uh, leaps, the future the future at the time yeah. uh in Leaps, New, New Mexico, I think, also, which seemed futuristic as well. Yeah, it was New Mexico. Uh, it was like sort of. There's like a lot of crystal, like sort yeah, of quasi theology involved. Blue lights and crystal. Yeah, uh, I think it was at Los Alamos mm. where they did the atomic bomb. Is right. where they did the experiment in the particle right. accelerator, the quantum accelerator. Um, and so, basically, the premise of the show is he travels back in time and leaps into different peoples to right the wrongs of history. Uh, and the evil leapers who come in later in the season uh, try to wrong the rights of history. So it's basically just explaining that, like, everything that's ever happened has been white people from the future going back and leaping into people's bodies and, and being the, the great actors. And the reason that's one of the reasons I wanted to show this episode. It's called The Color of Truth. It deals with uh, racial tensions in the South in 1955. And it's just it's the it's the perfect episode of Quantum Leap because everything the show is, is it's a white guy, a white baby boomer, mm. like who's into science but like cool science, so like basically like a like one of those scientists you see on TV, right? Like a pop scientist goes back in time to right the wrongs of history, and it takes away agency of every historical actor, right? Yeah. So he every sort of every episode, like he does ones where he goes to Vietnam, or he or he like jumps into like. Um, Marilyn Monroe's like bodyguard, and, right? And basically, he the, jumps into Lee Harvey Oswald he jumps at one into point. Lee Harvey yeah. Oswald. So he in, in the in the show's mythology, he comes from a future where both Jackie Kennedy and Lee Har- and John Kennedy were killed in right. Dallas. He saves Jackie Kennedy. So like he's the Secret Service agent who pulls her off. So it's like nobody in history ever did anything good. It's all. Scott Bakula, the Dr. Sam Beckett, going back and doing it for them. It would be great if in the show that like he was in a scene and he was just like, all right, it, raise your hand if you're a leaper like me, and then just everybody raise their <laughs> yeah. hand. It's like there's no it's reality. Like that, that slow, I'm Spartacus yeah. rule. <laughs> Everybody's Shit. going back in time. There's evil leapers. There's good leapers. There's background <laughs> Neutral, characters. Neutrally, and they yeah. just all, they're like, yeah, let's just have sex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, what, why? Ziggy sent me back here to have a roast beef sandwich. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm here doing I'm, it. I'm here to be an extra. So yeah. um, I'm excited to watch this episode i've seen it i think fairly recently when this popped up on um netflix instant i started watching some of them personally for me it's the same thing i'm i think a little bit younger than you but when this came on i just latched onto it's got time travel i'm not like a super historical person but i like the i like the the time travel aspect i like him like doing something different every episode i like Sam, I like his. He has a, a sidekick named Al. Yeah, he's a hologram. Who's a hologram that only Sam can see, and he and he has a, a, a 
cool looking calculator that always annoys him. And, and, and he dresses very loud. He has very yes. loud clothing because he's from the future at the time. Right. So it's what people in 1990 thought 1999 fashion would be, which is basically like sort of toned down zoot suits. Yeah, like big ties with yeah. like big patterns. And he's a womanizer too, I think, right? Like, yeah, he is. Well, he has had a checkered past. And we actually find out a little bit about Al's backstory in this episode. In fact, and um, the episode that I would pick if uh, – not to make it about me, but – No, no, let's please. Let's go. You if, chose this show to watch. So well, please, no, what episode not, would you have done? I, if, yeah. if I had chose, I would have – watched the final episode just because I remember seeing it. I think I lost a little bit of interest with like the evil leapers or whatever. It got too weird. And yeah. then I I want obviously want to see the series finale and uh it was crazy. I remember being like a little bit confusing, really interesting. He leaps into his own body and but yep. on his birthday, like on the year that he was born and like the bartender might be God. And it's just sort of like this thing where I'm sure they created this whole mythology that maybe only they understood or I want just it's almost a curiosity like why what looking back I haven't watched it since I was a kid so like what does it mean now and does it make sense I think it means now that he never leaps home because like the big teaser at the end is like hoping that each leap is the leap home he never does he leaps into his own body at at previous points in in his life but never to New Mexico 1999 (laughs) uh, for Burning Man he never he never gets back there (laughs) and and so he, I think it's one of those things where I think they thought they might be renewed. Yes, I yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it leaves that possibility, and also like there we'll see in this episode there is a moment that's quasi-religious. Ooh, where uh, uh well we'll talk about it later. That's a little teaser, as we say. It's in the a bit. teaser, yeah. But also in the finale, Al's character I think reunites, or we learn that he's going to reunite with his wife, which becomes a sort of a running theme throughout. His- yeah, there's a the last season and a half. They he often leaps back into Al at different points during his Navy career because uh, he's a naval officer. Because why not have a Navy officer and a quantum physicist together? That really actually ties a couple things together because. <laughs> As we're looking at this, I have Netflix open, and it says related shows more like this. Is one of them is Magnum PI, which I watched for this podcast with John Murray, and it's also made by Donald Belisario. I think he also made Jag, so he must love Navy stuff because, like, I think he might have even maybe I'm making this up. This could be 100 percent wrong, but I think he might have been in the Navy. So. Probably, I mean, I would guess so. Or he had like a navy dad. So there's this, yeah, yeah, like which this, is his other show, Navy Dad. <laughs> navy, dad. <laughs> navy Dad. It's about a dad. It's about an absent father who just swoops in like once every six months. Basically, gives a couple navy gifts and leaves. But, <laughs> yeah. but um, that, I remember even Al like wears a navy uh, uniform once in a while on this show. Yeah. So um, he loves that shit, obviously. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. I, I had no idea about those connections, but that makes perfect sense. It's uh, all coming together in my head. Yeah. So basically, the, the, the series finale, like, it promises that he leaps home, and we see like some sort of cool insight or anything like that. And it's basically just like quasi religion, uh, which makes sense because what Sam Beckett does throughout the show is he goes back and he writes the wrongs from history. He basically is God. And when they show him leaping back originally from New Mexico, his arms are sort of outstretched. He's, right. It's, like, yeah. It's Scott. He's in Scott Stapp pose. Yeah. He, from Creed. Scott's get- Stapp, uh, a.k.a. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. They, Scott Stapp is the uh, rock singer who Jesus Christ was based yeah, off Yeah, he's basically the synonym for Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah. But. Uh, and the, yeah, the way he leaps is like he gets in Christ pose. Uh, originally, he gets in Christ pose and just wind comes from underneath him and billows up. Uh, like yeah. he's at a concert and then he just – that sort of kicks the whole series like off. Like he's at a uh, Creed concert. Yeah. 
Um, great. So I'm excited to watch this. Let's check out uh, Quantum Leap, The Color of Truth. Hi, Sam. <laughs> well, well, what? What do you think? Well, what do I think about what? I'm black. You're black, so? So, if I can bounce into a black man, the possibilities are limitless. Don't you find that fascinating? Dangerous, yes. Fascinating, metza, metza. Dangerous? Why dangerous? You're a black man in the South in 1955. Trust me, that is dangerous. I've seen things that would curl your hair. No pun intended. I remember one time in Selma. Yeah, Al, that's great. Listen, um, what did, uh, what did Ziggy say I have to do to leap? Mrs. Melanie Elizabeth Charlotte Trafford was killed when her car was struck and demolished by a passenger train at that crossing tomorrow afternoon at 5.18. No. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Ziggy's are 86.7% certain that you're here to save Scarlett O'Hara there from getting squished by a choo-choo. You know... I seem to recall that some of the very first protests started right, right near here. This might be where Arthurine Ruth came from. Who? Arthurine Ruth. She was a young black co-ed that integrated the University of Alabama. How do you know so much about this? A lot of my friends are black. I don't believe you said that, Al. Well, it's true. All right. We just watched uh, The Color of Truth. Uh, Quantum Leap, season one, um, phenomenal, phenomenal episode of a TV of of TV. Yeah, it's the driving Miss Daisy episode, basically. It, it, yeah, so it, we try to sort of figure that out because when when we started watching, you said uh, I said this is the driving Miss Daisy episode, and we had sort of talked about that over email, and you said that this came out before driving Miss Daisy. Yeah, this came out May third, nineteen eighty nine, and driving Miss Daisy hit theaters December fifteenth, nineteen eighty nine, and you did and not- it's really fun to say driving Miss Daisy hit theaters <laughs> this I, winter. I just wish that. Like, I knew that you didn't look those dates up, that you just, like, these are just little factoids that, that yeah. you happen to know. I always remember where I was when Driving Miss Daisy hit theaters. It oh. was the second week of Advent. <laughs> um, but actually, Driving Miss Daisy was a play before it was a movie, so it it's obvious that this must be... Based on that and knowing that the movie was coming out, like... Yeah, so un- don't be under the impression that... Academy Award winning movie Driving Miss Daisy stole their plot from an episode of Quantum Leap. I wish it were true. Yeah. Unless the writer of Driving Miss Daisy, who I believe won a Pulitzer, maybe? Um, that makes sense. He, I wouldn't see. I don't know how that's quite journalism. But. <laughs> yeah, he won a Pulitzer for <laughs> writing a book about, <laughs> you won a cable, about movies. You won a Cable Ace Award he won a, for yeah. drive, the he screenplay won of Driving Miss Daisy. He, um, I, I meant Nobel? No. What is, is there Nobel for writing? Yeah, Nobel Prize for Literature. Yeah, Winston, Winston won. Churchill won it, right? Yeah, Winston Churchill won it. So did Kennedy. John Kennedy won a... And so did Barack Obama? Yeah. 
all, but they were all future doctors who leaped into those. Yeah, people. that's what I was saying. Is actual the, Winston Churchill didn't write a single thing, but a white scientist from the nineties leapt back into him. Right, and that's what I was saying is that the the writer of Driving Miss Daisy probably leapt back to watch this episode and then went further back and wrote the, <laughs> wrote, the play. Wrote the play. Um, so this is. Pretty amazing on many levels. I just say, as an episode of TV and as the show, I think it still like holds. Like I'm still excited by the concept and everything. Yeah, I'm still excited by the. It gets super boring in the middle. Yeah, uh, there's, there's a, not a lot of action. Well, it really drags for a while as sort of Sam's life is being explained to him. Yeah, by, by other characters. Well, this is also before we get into the the nitty gritty of the episode. There are some things that don't that they sort of dropped. I guess after the short first season, like the narration, like. Uh, Sam narrates a lot. Do they drop that? Yeah, they do. Uh, in future seasons, because this was a mid-season replacement show, so the, I think it was like a ten-episode run. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah, um, and then the, in future seasons they didn't over-explain it. But this one begins with an explanation. It's Sam narrating his own experience with Leap and and narrating it over shots from previous episodes. So it's like it's basically a talking. Uh, uh, theme music intro, like like it's the equivalent of showing what happens on the show, but with him talking. Right, and then they and then they that that ends, and then they go to the opening theme, which is a montage of scenes, all from episodes we've already seen. So some of the clips are duplicated. Yes. We're about three minutes into the episode right now. We've seen one narrated recap explaining the premise of the show. One visual recap of and, the premise and, of the show, and then and then it goes to Sam narrating his experience thus far about what it's like being a leaper, how many people he saved. He saved two people, a pig, fought a boxing match to save a nun's honor, uh, and kissed a bunch of ladies. Like we see more, so we were three montages deep, about four minutes into the episode before it actually begins. Yes, and so then, it's that sort of heavy premise show that that's needed. Well, yeah, it's one of those things where I mean, looking at it now, it's like, well, of course, this is a show that I've seen a million times. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows the premise. But when it did come out, this was probably a little, like, pretty heavy. Like the concept is, it's not impossible to figure out. But I guess if you're just stumbling on it and mid season, you're like. Yeah, I probably need 15 minutes of explanation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, to to get wherever, why Al is dressed the way he is, why Sam sees different things in the mirror, why people treat him weirdly, why it's not a show just about the 1950s. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, that it's it's. I don't know what what like a modern equivalent to that would be. I guess it would be if is there even a show? That, oh, I guess it would be if like every episode of Breaking Bad. Like there'd be seven minutes. Yeah, it's like recapping he was what that he was a teacher at yeah. one point. Which, but now, like, I don't think enough people watch shows anymore that you need to do that. Like, nobody's going to stumble upon Breaking Bad four seasons in and say, "Like, well, what's this? All right, this also, seems interesting." I mean, th- that is not quite as high. Co- I mean, this is probably. I have to assume one of the more. High, it's like Sliders is even less high uh, concept, which is Sliders is obviously like a ripoff of this, but. The fact that he leaps into other people's bodies only within his lifetime. Nobody can see him but Al. Right. He in the mirror looks like himself, but his body is his. Like it's His consciousness these- transfers, and then the person whose consciousness he replaces goes to like a white netherscape, and, like the holding cell, where he just sort of waits it out while somebody else does the important parts of their life. Right. And I read, <laughs> I read on Wikipedia that I don't remember this episode, but like even though people see 
a regular, like um, in this episode, they see an older black man's body. He is actually in his own body, and it just looks like somebody else's body. So there was one episode, it says, where he's a Vietnam vet who has no legs. And because Sam has legs, he walks, and it just looks like the dude is floating. <laughs> like, that's insanity. That's, that's Wait, that, that can't be true. I, that's what it said on <laughs> no, because Wikipedia. W- one time he is a, he's the monkey chimpanzee that goes into yes. the space program. Yeah. And I don't remember them like handling him like he's a six foot tall chimpanzee. I mean, listen, I think it's with such a high concept thing, there are bound to be flaws. Okay. Um, so people's skin just sort of stretches around him when he's in smaller beans. Yeah, it's it, a it, it very taut face. Very, very little sense. So in this episode, he leaps back into 1955. 1955, Alabama. Sa- yep. Hey, same year as Back to the Future. 1955. Yeah. Wow. I believe 5th. it's no, this is November 5th. No, no, no. no. That would be is it? No, I, that's the It's date, close. That's it's the date no, from back to the future. It's 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 pretty close. Wow. I want to say it's like uh right uh somebody leaped back the writer of Back to the Future wrote this episode then leaped back. Robert Zemeckis and, and Bob Gale. And put the date of this episode of Quantum Leap which came first. This is the the original this source material. The, yeah, this is the main uh, this is the beginning of everything. Yeah. Um but he leaps back into 1955. He's an older black man who is He's the, he's Morgan Freeman's character from Driving Miss Daisy. He's they, a chauffeur he dresses, for he's, he's, Jessica She's a chauffeur Dandy. for Jessica Sandy. <laughs> the, the actor that they have played the black man that Sam leaps into, who we only see in reflection. Uh, the person, the black man who, who ended up you know, achieving great things is only seen silently mm-hmm. and has no choices in this, in this episode. In fact, there's only, and I think this is your sort of uh, thesis, is that it's all about sort of white people creating the i mean i i'm maybe putting words in your mouth but creating the uh civil rights movement in a way yeah i mean and the women's rights movement later on uh ending domestic abuse yes. uh you know <laughs> which has been totally there is no more domestic abuse there's anymore. no that is it was solved uh and yeah it, and it's all it's basically just and it's, it's baby boomer guilt it's baby boomer say like it's like the height of self-importance i think of the baby boomer generation uh where they like oh once we figure out science we'll go back and we'll do all the things that we think are cool from history but not giving anybody else credit but ourselves no yeah, yeah. no nobody gets credit. like well, the only it's basically like people think like the civil rights movement was about about a bunch of northerners who went down south to get on buses that's not true it's like that's it's about people who actually suffered from and it, it's interesting because there's only one black character in the show that has lines that's his granddaughter i think yeah. right and that's his granddaughter, and she basically is incapacitated for half of the episode. <laughs> yeah, she, she let's so let's give like a basic. Uh, it is driving Miss Daisy, okay. but he's um, he's uh, name is Jesse, and he's the chauffeur for Miss uh, Melanie. Miss Melanie, yep. who loves eating egg salad sandwiches. <laughs> who goes to diners, who sends her chauffeur into diners to pick up egg salad sandwiches on two occasions yeah, I mean, in I the think, sweltering heat of Alabama. I think on two consecutive days. I think this happened in, in the span of two days because they say tomorrow she's going to be hit by a train. That's yeah, what... and he's still covered in blood from the the wreck of his grand... Yes, okay. So, so, um, so we open on him 
getting the egg salad sandwich, and he he's confused because when when Sam is dropped into the past, he never knows where he is. He never knows where he is. He never knows who he is until he sees a reflection. Uh, sometimes he leaps in and he's right next to a mirror, so he knows. Usually uh, when he leaps, yeah. he's right. Next. Actually, yeah, I think like they should probably, like I think the quantum accelerator probably gravitates towards mirrors. Uh, and so he has no idea who he is. So he finds himself in a diner. He sits down and has lunch, which is uh, you know which is a racial protest. Well, act. he actually he actually narrates that. I'm hungry. So he literally <laughs> yeah. says, like, I'm hungry, and he sits down. Right. And that becomes a political statement, a social statement. It gets the town talking. It gets the town really riled up, and uh, and he he sort of becomes this divisive figure. He, oh, no, he. I'm sorry, and I now I'm racist because he – she wasn't the only uh, black character that talked because um, his son, son – I think it's his It's his son. son. Yeah, it's his son, his, Nell's – his son and son's wife are in it as well. His son's wife has no lines. Okay. His son, <laughs> his son is a, his son is a pastor. Yes. Uh, and his granddaughter is in the choir. So they're they're good, they're good people. They're they're yeah. Uh, they're good God fearing folk, uh, law abiding folk, and uh, yes, yeah, so he sits down at this counter uh, and basically told like, hey, know your place. Uh, by uh, oh the old woman the J- Jessica Tandy character is the widow of the governor of Alabama right. so she's a pretty big deal in this small town but her son is just a racist old coot whose n- middle name is Sherwood uh, which is that a racist southern name I think of Sherwood Forest and I think of Nathaniel Bedford Forest who's the start of the KKK hey <laughs> yeah like that's no because that's yeah, uh, them, them, because that's who Forrest Gump is named after. Is oh, Nathaniel right. Bedford, Bedford Forrest? He comes from a long line of forests. That's right, I forgot. Uh, and one, of, yeah, because Forrest Gump is descended from a clansman, uh, and so he's probably inspired by that, right? Clayton Sherwood Trafford is his name, which is wow, a great that, southern I'm, name. I'm just getting blown away. Every sentence you say is impressing me right now. No, every his southern names are the best because uh, they're all, like a lot of them are just professions. Uh-huh. Like I went to I went to school in in Virginia, and like I went to school. With like three guys named Hunter, a couple guys named Cooper, a dude named Fisher. Wait, is Cooper a prefer- Cooper's a barrel maker? Oh, yeah. uh, Fletcher, which is an arrow maker, uh, is another. I went to school with a, a couple Fletchers. Um, I went to school with a guy named King. His first name was King, which is a profession. Uh, so basically, if you go to if you go to Colonial Williamsburg and you ask like what everybody does, like those are probably like those are often Southern names. Southern right. first names for for white boys. I just remembered my freshman year roommate's name, and it's maybe one of the best names ever. It's now I feel bad that I'm going to be saying his full name, but it's <laughs> Edward Bion Peepmeyer the Third. Edward Bion, yep, Peepmeyer <laughs> the Third. Uh, I mean, that's, that's like a Louis. That sounds like a Louisiana candy baron. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like it's yeah, it's a character in a video game about like yeah, Willy Wonka's enemy, right? <laughs> like the evil, syrupy Southern foil to Willy Wonka. It's so strange. <laughs> Seems like you got yourself a nice candy factory, <laughs> Mister Wonka. Shame if something happened to it. <laughs> exactly. He's the one who pays. Um, I forget the. What's the bad guy's name in Willy Wonka who ends up not being a bad guy? Ah, stink, Stinkhouse. Uh, stinkly. No, stink, Stinchly. Smell, smell, <laughs> smell dog. Word. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to, this is going to kill me. It's like Wormwood. It's like uh, Worm, Wormwood. Wormsworth. Wormsworth. Something worth. Wormsworth. 
Slugworth. 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 Boom. Got it. <laughs> did it. That was real. We really mapped it all out. I'm glad we didn't need to look that up. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, her, her son, is, uh, Jessica Tandy's son is racist. Everybody's obviously racist. And um, basically, uh, what's the first thing that t- Toad and um, – oh, Toad and – Toad and uh, Billy Joe. Toad – Toad and Billy Joe Armstrong, uh, <laughs> they, they they burn a cross. They burn a cross on uh, his uh, his house, his son's house, yeah. his, where his family lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, he appro- and, and this Jeff- is the night. It, it's in retaliation for him, sit, like absentmindedly sitting because he was hungry, sitting down at that white only diner. I believe he said, um, "They saw me as a black man, not as a hungry man, or something like that." <laughs> <laughs> that was because when we're in diners, we just see hunger. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. When I go to judge diner, me by my hunger, it's just like, oh, this person's eaten. They're not hungry. Like, yeah, that's how I. Wait, we need to act. Sorry, but we have to go back because now we're getting into it. We have to go back to the scene in the graveyard with with Al and Sam, which is you because we were talking through the episode. You made me rewind it, and for good reason because it has sort of the best line of one of the better lines. Yeah. So it's the first time. It's basically we go to the graveyard to as a reveal that Jessica Tandy is the widow of the governor, and then Al makes his first appearance. Al is Sam's hologram friend uh, from the future. Not to be confused with Al Borland from Home Improvement. Uh, yeah, I mean, don't don't make that mistake. Yeah, if, you were thinking, if you're if you're thinking, oh, he's talking about home improvement now because they mentioned the name Al. Right, just you're wrong. I mean, like you're wrong. You have a serious problem that when you hear that name, you need to stop thinking about home improvement. Stop thinking about home improvement. <laughs> uh, and so, like, and Sam just has like the biggest shit eating grin on his face because he's excited. And he asks Al, well, if I can bounce into a black man, then anything's possible. Yeah. So basically, there are two important things about this. <laughs> yeah, One sure. is that you pointed out is like he already knows that he can leap into different types of different human beings through time. Yes. Like this is the sixth or seventh episode, something like that. Yeah. Seventh episode. Now, to him, if he's saying I can leap into a black man then anything's possible so is he saying that black people are like f- different like that they, there's like a in, in, inherent different in, different an, an inherent difference that quantum physics would recognize like, and exactly, on, like, like on that, some like subatomic level like these are different people right that, like a barrier has been broken where it's like wow i knew the quantum accelerator could work and bounce me back in consciousness through past white people but now that it's black people we're really on to something here but he in a way he is true because in, there is a later season where he does bounce into a vampire so he i feel like that he can bounce into yeah anything. that's a big thing like yeah. and when he bounces back into the chimpanzee i think that that's a big thing because that literally is a different species that's a different species yeah. but this is just racist yeah it's i guess he just assumed that he'd just be bouncing back and forth between white men and the other important thing is that he uses the word bounce not leap which just is like the dumbest <laughs> like he just teed it up to use the word leap and he says uh, bounce yeah. like why yeah it's why the writers had to do a six minute explanatory intro to every show it's because they were inconsistent and described like i've uh, just qu- right, bounce whatever <laughs> they'll they'll get it I, i've quantum bounced again um but there was also another moment in there that i think we sort of maybe differed on our read of what happened and it was a little bit confusing but he's talking to al in the same setting uh and he said and al, al and al goes on a weird soliloquy about how he was there for the civil rights movement about how he's seen things that can make sam's hair curl which is also how old is he? Like, because 
This takes place in 1999, or he's... Na- from- he's 1999, so this, was, this would have been 45 years in the past, so that would make Al at least 65? Yeah. Because like, you assume that he's like 20 years old, so he's at least 64 years old. Okay, it's- Hologram Al is 64. That's... Ah. He, he looks... He, he keeps saying he's old, but he looks young. He looks like a, he looks like a 64-year-old now, mm-hmm. like with nutrition and commonplace plastic surgery. Right. But like a 65-year-old dude in, the, in 1990... That's those those looked craggly. Those things like <laughs> when Cocoon was made, Wilford Brimley was like forty two years old. I know that is crazy. <laughs> like that's my that's one of my favorite facts. Wait, how old was he actually? He was there's you must have been older than forty two. No, it's close. Oh it's my really God. close because Cocoon was like nineteen eighty five, and Wilford Brimley Brimley now is like is he alive? Yeah, he still does. He's like, only twenty now. <laughs> he's, he's only twenty years old now. He's Benjamin no, Buttoning. He's like only sixty-five or seventy now. So like thirty years ago, like he was like in his mid-forties during Cocoon, crazy. which is like that's just but that's what old people look like. Yeah. Old people just look super old because everybody smoked. Nobody ate like nobody had a diet that like had anything good for it your skin. It was basically skin. the South now everywhere, like in the Deep South. How nobody because I've been to the South recently and there's no way to eat healthy food. I mean, like at least where I was in Mississippi. Why were you in Mississippi? I was there for a wedding. Oh, okay. But there was like, we went to like... I'm sorry to question you that way. Like, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. why did you... <laughs> what were you doing in Mississippi? Um, but we went down there and it was great. I loved it. But when we tried to go out, like everything, like I got, um, what's it called? What What are those? Some vegetable. I can't remember what it was, but it was deep fried and there were just ham... Okra? Okra. It was okra. Yeah. And they're ham bits. Like, and I was just like, oh, this isn't, I didn't realize that. Maybe I'm just ignorant and I didn't know that. But No, I mean, like, it's basic. I grew up in South Carolina, so it, there's a little bit of this. South, South Carolina's a little bit different, I think, uh, at least the time when I moved there, because it was like the start of the southern boom. So the Mississippi Delta, I think, is a lot like this still, Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, where, uh, like, every small town, like, there's not much, like, options. There's, like, fast food options, yeah. and then, like, any, like restaurant is just it's mostly deep fried grease yeah like, and then every plate is styrofoam and every cup is styrofoam yeah you're just like oh i'm i'm right now killing the earth like you can feel yourself killing yourself and the earth right you you feel like you need like an 80s cartoon to set you straight yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, you need like a dare to keep kids off bad food type yeah thing. just like the last the last 30 seconds of a gi joe like psa that should just be like, everywhere yeah that should just be on the radio constantly but we were oh yeah so the conversation where but it's but 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 to be fair just just to, to circle back it's because it's a deeply impoverished and yeah the, oh yeah no, the, the part of the it's a deeply impoverished part of the country oh, so the, it's not like it's like eating whole foods jerks no like, no, no that's the, the uh the place yeah when i was driving through it was like deeply depressed and it was like, yeah the food options are very limited yeah. because it's local and like it's very easy to deep fry sort of anything as a way of uh providing the caloric intake needed to survive as a human being and we white Chris Hayes wearing glasses <laughs> of feet urban liberals shouldn't be so mean. I'm oh I wasn't I don't think okay. I was being mean. I think I, it, well yeah. I I'm I always saying that, that it was in, I'm just saying that it was maybe I'm being defensive now but I was just saying that it was hard to eat healthy food when I was down there, you know. Oh that's so true. No, I thought I'm not saying surprised. you were mean. I'm saying I was mean cuz oh, okay. I'm always on the lookout for that as just Listen, if you're from one of those states, just fucking die. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, No, it was actually really awesome. But anyway, what we were saying was, oh, that getting actually this is deeper into it is the 
when when Al says the sentence, I think he says, "I have ba- black friends." I have a lot of black friends. Yeah. And then Al, then Sam says, "Like I can't believe you would say such a thing." And he's, I don't get what he was saying. Okay, here's what because Al had just talked about what his experience with the civil rights movement were. How he like saw so many like he was in Selma. He was like marching. Right. He was one of those uh, you know people that were were, were you know knee deep into the civil rights movement. And then he says that and Sam says, I can't believe you would say that. I think it's sort of Sam responding to thinking that Al said something along the line along the lines of, Oh, well some of my best friends are black, so it's okay that like I understand because some of my best friends are black and and Sam response was, I can't believe you would say that. Like that's like a little bit racist. Oh, okay. That's yeah. my take on it. Your take is my different take- and I think probably more correct. Yeah, I think it was just on face value is like, oh don't say you have black friends. But after the sentences where he's saying like I was basically on all these walks and marches and everything, you'd be like, oh well that actually makes sense that you would have a ton of black friends because yeah. you are that's something that you're connected to. Yeah, it's a, I don't know. It, but the thing is, for the rest of the episode, I don't think Sam's racism or uncomfortable. No, it's not there. It's yeah, it's weird. I mean, he definitely still learns a lesson because he experiences the racism firsthand, right? But he, oh, speaking he's never racist, like there's no, no part of him is racist throughout. So it's just a strange moment. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of learning new things, yes. Uh, the next thing that happens is uh, he has a granddaughter, and his granddaughter takes him home. Uh, oh, God. Ba- back to this his house. This scene was one of those middle scenes. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where it's like, what is happening? There was a there's a eight minute cooking interlude in the middle of this show, where it's the reveal is that Sam uh, has agreed to make chitlins, and that's one of those sort of comic things that they sort of spread throughout the show because the show is funny. They have comic situations, and they're like, like, well, Jesse, you said you were going to cook chitlins, and then he tries to get out of it. He's like, don't make promises if you can't keep them. Right, about making chitlins, but it's revealed that Sam has to make chitlins. And we go to voiceover, obviously, where Sam talks about, like, uh, chitlins. I knew that it was a food, but I didn't know what it was. And then so basically he has to uh, fix some gross pig intestines. And then Al, who has a lot of black friends... Comes and gives him a good recipe for for chitlins. But it's just this extended eight-minute home piece that is only there. It's there for comic relief, but it's not that funny. It's there to set up the the cross burning. The burning cross. They do it for like 10 minutes. Like there's – and when when he's cooking, my favorite part of it is that – there's they want to make it feel like steam is coming out of the food, but it's it's obviously dry. It's ice. dry ice, yeah. Which is, I don't understand. I mean, I guess that's how they do special effects, but I feel like you could you could just heat water up and have actual steam, right? It just looked like he was like making a science set. Well, listen, man, I don't know. Listen, dude, I don't, I don't. You, you tell me like how. <laughs> Listen, chitlins were a food that I knew was a food, but I didn't know how it was made. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I guess. I guess if, <laughs> you don't care. Like, no. <laughs> Dude, I mean, like, if that's your knock on this episode of Quantum Leap, that they use dry ice for the cooking effects, like, it's not a show about cooking effects. No, I'm saying that when I watch Quantum Leap, I want cooking realism. That's all I care about. Um, yeah, but it was this sort of weird, awkward, just like, come on, let's just get to the action. Yeah, and then the action comes because it's a burning cross. is placed by Billy, Billy Joe and Toad. And Toad. Never an explanation of why Toad's name is Toad. But <laughs> yeah. he, is, he, he wears over. Overall, he's like the stupider character. He's like the dumb guy who's who's 
who's bad, but you can tell that it's not his choice. Like he's sort of dumb enough that he just goes along with things, and you can see he has a he's not a he's not a purely bad. Guy. Right, he's racist because Billy Joe is racist. Yeah, uh, and yeah, so I guess the cross burning was in retaliation for the diner incident. Yes. And, the and they don't. By the way, they don't put on clan robes or anything like that. They're in their car. They like ca- they put the cross down, and they cackle and laugh as they escape into the car, which is has a name Zuby Z U B Y. Z U B Y. So clear, clearly identifiable. Yes. Uh, and these two people, you know, they they put the burning cross down, which is I also think that's pretty ballsy because I mean the big thing about the KKK is wearing. You know the the masks and it's the it's the anonymous sensibility of the town. Yeah, says you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. But in this case, they're like, no, (laughs) like we know you, you know us. Like two like ne'er do wells of the town are just like sending like, okay, well, you know, I got to do this sort of thing. Uh, And turns out, so Sam complains to the sheriff about this, and the sheriff is Billy Joe's dad. So it's institutional racism. It's institutional, and 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 the police officer says basically brushes it off, say you know boys will be boys type thing, and Mm. and Sam is enraged and doesn't understand that this is the sort of the times they're living in, and and he has these moments with Jessica Tandy where he's uh, (laughs) where he's. He's trying to sort of. You can see that there's a love there between her and him in a way. Yeah. But, but that she relies on him. She's old. She's elderly. They there's have, a com- there's a companionship that is is deeper than friendship. May blossom into love. I don't. The only thing I can relate it to is you know driving Miss Daisy. Right. <laughs> it's like there, it's sort of like the relationship in driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> and uh, and eventually, what leads him to. The water fountain. That's immediately after he, goes he to the- talks to the sheriff and just he's thirsty, and he instead of instead of the town viewing him as a black man or instead of the town viewing him as a thirsty man, they view him as a black man because he drinks from the whites only fountain just sort of casually. Just he goes to a fountain. He's you know he's from the future, so that's what that's what he does. He he doesn't only drink from a fountain, but he he like shakes his face <laughs> in the water. He really, I mean, if you if you are a segregation. Backer, he really does rub it in oh, your yeah, face. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. He, like you know, he takes a handful, like mops his brow. Yeah, with the water, he like he's, spits it out like back into the fountain, reveling in it. Like, right, he's like, I, like I don't think I've ever seen anyone enjoy a water fountain that much. <laughs> like the real sweaty, gross kids from elementary school would do that. Yeah, and I would be mad be at him. Down. Yeah, it'd be dripping down. They like they get the side of their cheeks wet, and you could like <laughs> see the little tiny hairs stick to their red. Like the red, sweaty, flustered faces. God, stop Uh, drinking that water, guys. Yeah, so like that plus institutional racism, it's pretty gross. Like if you, in in defense of Billy Joe and Toad, who saw this incident, which leads to the next escalation. In defense of their racism, if you're racist already, that's not going to make you much less racist. That's going to get you mad. Right. It's like sitting down at a counter and then getting like, French toast sticks and just leaving sticky syrup yeah, all over, just like, like or getting like clams and just eating them grossly, <laughs> like slurping like, them and finger, yeah, slurping them, <laughs> discarding the shells, giving everybody the finger, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just smoking, take, smoking a cigar and just smoking a cigar and just taking a doors open shit in the whites <laughs> only, <laughs> but nobody stops you at any step of the way, yeah. like you just you're just yeah. doing that, just sort of, and you're just sort of prancing around from thing to thing. That's that's the way he drank water. That's, yes, which yeah. so that leads to them 
trying to run him off the road, but he is not in the car when the when they think he's in the car because his granddaughter drives him. So yeah, so Nell Nell is his granddaughter, uh, Sam's granddaughter, and she drives by herself. They give some. It's a weirdly long explanation about what he has to do with the car. And it's, it's I was, so I was confused. It's, I, I didn't get, it's again it a was lot of audiences checked out at that. Point. It was like it was the the car. It was like. The driving plan scene equivalent of making chitlins. It was just like, what? Like, who's driving who? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't understand why he was he was going to borrow Jessica Tandy's car for some reason, and like, right? Well, he was going. Uh, well, all right. Oh, he was going to fix her car and drive. So she doesn't get run over by a train. <laughs> okay. Yeah, which yeah. is what Ziggy says is the original mission. Yeah, we sort of we sort of breezed over that which is fine but basically um you know he always has to right or wrong and the wrong in this was that jessica tanny in the past originally gets run over by a train, by a train. in a car and and he thinks that's what he has to do right you save the woman's life you know that's righting a wrong but sam thinks it might be something deeper might have something to do with civil rights uh and and ziggy is the computer in the I future, love, I right? love how if if someone's listening and doesn't like is already like if they don't know what's happening, then saying a sentence like "and Ziggy is the computer" is the most confusing thing you could possibly say. Like that does not help anybody. It just doesn't help anyone. Okay, well, to back up twenty steps, uh, <laughs> Doctor Sam Beckett stepped in the bar of the quantum accelerator. Uh, Ziggy is the like the home computer from the future that Al the hollow <laughs> how did this show ever get made it's really unbelievable <laughs> it's, it's so amazing like there's I can't we've imagine gone, like we've, I, gone, we've gone to great lengths to explain and walk like you the audience through all the intricacies of Sam's time traveling and we've also neglected to explain the point of it who who controls it how it's operated, what the purpose of leaping into these bodies is. Oh, it is. There's so much to it. There's so much. Ziggy is, I guess, an acronym for a future computer that Al, Sam's hologram buddy, interacts with. And at the start of every episode, Al says, well, or Al like sort of explains to Sam what he's there to do. Or- and he, Ziggy computes a chance. It goes from 86.7 at the start of the episode to 96.2, that the percent chance that Al or that Sam is sent there to stop... Jessica Tandy from being run over by a train. <laughs> and by the way, in case you're not already confused, when we say Jessica Tandy, we mean a different actress playing an equivalent role to one of Jessica Tandy's movies. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So, so anyway, Ziggy is computer. Like, why Sam is there is to stop Jessica Tandy from being run over by. <laughs> right, and and so so he basically, um, I guess, is is trying to use her car to get her away from that situation. But in the meantime, leaving his granddaughter in his car, and his granddaughter gets run off the road by Toad and Billy Joe <laughs> in Zuby. <laughs> in Zuby, <laughs> not to be confused with Ziggy, the home, the home computer. That is that is calculating the chances that Jessica <laughs> Ziggy Zuby is just the name of these rednecks car. Never even mentioned. It's just written on the car. It's just written on the car. It's to identify that it's Toad and Billy Joe's car. So Zuby driven by <laughs> Toad <laughs> and Billy Joe drives her off the road and she And is... Toad, by the way, is it just a redneck dummy? He's not a toad. He's never explained why his name's Toad. He's not a future toad. <laughs> okay. So um Nell is Nell her name? Yeah. Not to be confused with the movie, no. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> 
which was also set in the south. <laughs> okay, was is run off the road, and she's first of all, it's an awesome action scene. The car goes flying in the air. It's a pretty good effect. It's a great effect. Yeah, it's um, a pretty good effect. It, it looks like they actually threw like that wasn't done with miniatures. No, that was a real car. Yeah, it was a real car. I, I confirmed it by assuming it, yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> And she's very injured. She's she's extremely injured. She's a bloody head. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed at that term, but bloody head probably isn't the... the probably not the best term. Uh, so anyway, so Sam and Jessica Tandy... Uh, chance upon Nell lying on the side of the road, and she has a she has a laceration on the side. Sam says she has a laceration on the side of her head. I need to stop the hemorrhaging. And what he does is he uses his necktie and ties it around her head like Rambo bandana style, uh, which like that doesn't st- you have to, that doesn't stop that would never stop a problem unless like she was bleeding from the very top of her scalp. Yeah, no, no. Um, so she's bleeding from the neck. And and they they have to bring her to the hospital, and there are only there are two hospitals. One is further away. It's a uh, it's for colors. It's for only. colors only. And then the other one, I put in quotation marks, so I'm not the person who said for colors yeah. only. And uh, and or the white uh, hospital, which is closer. And Jessica Tandy saying no, we have to bring her to the, the colors hospital. Uh, Morgan Freeman, <laughs> played by <laughs> Scott Bakula, who is actually in the body of somebody of another black man who's not Morgan Freeman, uh, says that we have to bring to the, the White Hospital because it's closer. They end up getting there. There's a there's sort of a uh, a stalemate at the at the when they get there because the the white uh, nurses and doctors are saying we can't bring him in. It would be against the, it would be her. against the law. It'd be against the law. They're just which I don't think is true. I can't imagine that, and yeah, that like that, if I understand how segregation works, I think like the law would say that facilities need to be provided for whites and coloreds. Yeah, I don't like, think it would it, say that you, you are can. you can, especially in a hospital where it's. I mean, I honestly don't know for a fact, but I can't imagine that they could legally turn somebody away in that situation and oh i can confirm it by assuming it uh (laughs) i'm sure that they could i'm sure that that could be hospital policy right right like that could be hospital policy to refuse service sure okay to just like it it was it was that diner's policy to refuse service to black people it wasn't like against the law Mm -hmm. it would be against the law for like agitation right right um but it it would be like the law uh, there wasn't a law in the books that said Color people have to go to this hospital. Right, right. We're all. We're, I'm using quotes. I didn't use quotes there. But let's. Just but let's assume, But I'm using the parlance of this episode. But also, we can also assume that a black man from the future has leaped into your body and making it okay to say whatever. Is that true? Wait, if a black man from the future, from now future? No, from the future future. <laughs> from okay, from <laughs> from 1999. From, wait. So then they would use, but that was an antiquated phrase then. Yeah, but in the future, it's cool again. <laughs> but if he's from 1999, how would he know? This is a different timeline from Sliders, where it's still cool. Are you lost? I... Come on, man. <laughs> um, so so they have the stalemate, um, and then Jessica Tandy puts her foot down. And until then, she's sort of had debates with, with, uh, with Sam about... About race and, yeah. and about people's places in society and how things are just uh, not fair and it's unfortunate, but whatever. And and she steps in and she makes them take Nell in because again, she's the widow of Alabama's ex governor, so she has pull. People listen when she talks. People listen. People listen. Yeah. And and uh, 
and and then Sam Sam as uh, uh, Jesse the chauffeur gets arrested because oh Nell's okay yeah and 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 Sam ends up getting arrested because he again breaks the law. Uh, yeah, he breaks the law, I guess, for taking for agitation. I guess is what they would have to do, mm-hmm. but I don't think that the law exists. I think that they're fudging their segregationist history. Uh, and he, them fudging history? No, Quantum Leap. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're right. Well, maybe some you know white guy from the future can go back and set the wrongs of, and create that law, so that it makes more sense. Uh, but yeah, Sam gets arrested, uh, and so leaving Jessica Tandy by herself, and and then. When she and Sam is worried that she's gonna drive in the car and get run over, but this—I mean, listen—it's so funny because at the beginning of every episode of this podcast, I say like, it doesn't matter if we get like off track or we don't need to like recap everything. But this show, we, there's so <laughs> many elements. Need to a step by step walkthrough. Like, yeah, like there's so many elements. You can like, never, you can never say like, anyway. So Crockett and Tubbs are on a boat now. <laughs> like, you can't do that. You need to like give the walk. And 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 I think by definition, this show is when you describe it, it becomes ten times longer than it was when you watched it. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah, like describing the chick, the the is it chick, chitlin scene? Chitlin, chitlin scene. That chitlin, chitlin, not. Chitlins. Chicklins, chiclets, the gum. No, no you're confused. Chitlins, chitlins, chitlins. When you describe an eight-minute chitlin scene, it's sixteen minutes because it's a different time times. Like, there's like yeah. time warps in a way. Yeah, time is bendable. Yeah, that's and it's. It, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm just. I don't. Yeah, you're right. It's true. But um. So and then Jessica Tandy um gets in a car, drives, and Sam. Uh, well, wait. Jessica Danny gets in the car and drives, and Al is with her. Right. And because remember, the original mission, as Al slash Ziggy thought of it, was to save Jessica Tandy from running a car into a train. And now she's in a car, the train's coming, so this is danger. Al waves at her frantically, tries to get her to stop, and they have the obligatory scene where it shows that Al's a hologram. Right, where so they, he gets he get a, a car drives through him, and he goes, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, waves his hands, which will, is like, that's one of the shots that's used in future opening montages to show that Al's a hologram. Yeah. <laughs> it's it. It's, I think that shot I where agree. he's waving his hands when the car goes through is in, like, up until the final season. Oh, I've seen that a million yeah. times. Yeah. Um, so then Al... Screams at Gushy, <laughs> Gushy, who is a bearded operator of Ziggy, the future computer. And Gushy one exists of the- in the future again. Neither of these two things are Zuby, the rednecks car, right? And also one of the only trademarks of Gushy's character that I remember is that he has bad breath. They say that in a couple episodes. His bad breath. I th- yeah the. The character that we see maybe four or five times throughout this series is named Gushy. <laughs> His name Gushy. He's like he's a computer operator. He he's I think he's the inspiration for Dennis Nedry, the character that played by Newman in Jurassic Park. Oh, sort of a nebbish, slovenly computer right. operator. Um, so the fact that so you know not that character's name Dennis is Nedry, of course, but that you didn't use the word the name Wayne Knight. <laughs> Newman's character. Okay, so Wayne Knight slash who played Newman on Seinfeld plays Dennis Nedry in Jurassic Park in a character similar to Gushy from Quantum Leap, who again is not Ziggy, the computer from the future, or Zuby, the, the redneck's car. So uh, if you haven't been lost now, don't worry. We'll explain more. And if you're still listening, please. Yeah, yeah we're glad you're here <laughs> yeah, for this. I just, just watch the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, and oh yeah, so this is one of the weird things about the show is that they sort of break 
as we're talking about with like the Vietnam vet walking or, you know, floating, the rules get broken in weird ways. Yeah. Like, so Al is yelling at Jessica Tandy. Al is, an, is a hologram that only Sam can hear. Only Sam way. can hear or see. And, and she is head on with the train. She's, she's sort of old elderly. She's a little bit lost. She's driving the car. She hasn't driven a car in a long time. She's like, senilely is that a word yeah uh, having a conversation with her dead husband yeah exactly and the, and this whole time Al is yelling no 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 don't get run over you know like trying to stop her from the train and then he says no stop turn into the cemetery damn it and she does and then she says out loud to Al or to the, in the direction says um uh, she said James I think is her Charles husband. Charles is her husband's name like oh, thank you Charles but you didn't need to curse or right. something like that cuz she heard Al which makes which, no sense well it does because this recurs throughout quantum leap right. where it's science and it's also a there's also like a mysticism sense of, uh, mysticism yeah mysticism is a good word where so it's basically like oh go to explain the phenomenon of ghosts this show also does that like it explains why anything good has ever happened in the past because it's white scientists from the future leaping into them but also any ghost is just a hologram assistant of any of those people who leap into the past because like later on like a child sees al uh i think like an aut- a deeply autistic person sees al mm-hmm, right. so it's like any sort of ghost or phantasm or sixth sense type things are explained by it just being seeing future science holograms it's wild yeah um which sort of ties into the to the end of the show which you were talking about before the the series finale mm-hmm. of uh, like sort of explain like maybe this is like a mystical quest that he's on. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's God's God's uh, decision to keep Sam leaping from thing to thing. Right. So it's not the quantum accelerator that did it. It's God's sort of providence to send him back. And I think that is a theme throughout the show is science. You know, like the ninety six percent. It might be about her her living, but it also and it ends up that when she does not get run over. Sam does not leap. So once once he finishes his his um, stated mission, he's supposed to leap on to the right. next person. He does not leap, and it turns out it's not because of that she's uh, she didn't die. It's something else. And and Sam and Al in jail have this big conversation about uh, civil rights and fighting for what's right and all this stuff. And Sam gets released, and uh, then Al, Al, and then Sam gets released. The jail empties, and then we cut to a shot of Al, a white hologram from the future that you this is the sentence you said a white hologram in opposite dick tracy clothes <laughs> yeah he's wearing, he's wearing a yellow shirt yellow pants and a big brown trench coat um he sings we shall overcome just a shot of uh him singing we shall over- overcome as like the emotional crux of this episode and this is what i think like this is this speaks to every like in retrospect everything that was wrong with quantum leap and everything like sort of makes it like very condescending to any historical actor uh, is that nobody has agency except for these time travelers. And, and, and it happens again. So at the end of the episode, uh, it goes back to normal. It seems, and he's going to get Jessica Tandy, another delicious, uh, egg Egg salad salad sandwich sandwich. on a hot, sweltering summer's day. (laughs) And, uh, and he walks into the restaurant. Jessica Tandy says it has to go back to normal. This is the way it is. This is our society. There, you know, there are wrong things, but it has to be this way. What can I do? What yeah. can I do? He goes in, is going to get the sandwich, and Jessica Tandy comes in and and says, "I'm going to have the sandwich here, and I'm and I'm going to eat with my friend Jesse." Right. And all the racists are sitting at a table 
Billy Joe, his dad, the sheriff, Toad, and Clayton, the <laughs> son, the son of the ex governor, are just they're they're the four at a table. All the racists are gathered at the same at the same booth. And and uh, and as you were saying, this sort of the wrong thing with the show. He sits down and and the police officer says, "No, Billy Joe, don't you know it's not worth it or whatever." Right. And then Sam looks in the mirror at his Morgan Freeman like uh, reflection, an actor that looks. Uh, now I, that sounds racist to say that, but it's based off. It's it's, <laughs> it's based in so like the I, the white. I mean, the, I, I mean, we've been calling the white woman Jessica Tandy the entire yeah. <laughs> time, and it's not her. So he looks at his reflection, and it's it's the the char- the uh, chauffeur character, and he nods happily and it's smiles. A, it's a it's a smile of smug satisfaction that only can come from a black man inhabited by a. <laughs> liberal white man yeah it, it's it's really it's really bizarre and i mean you know in a way i do understand like you know we're talking shit but like listen we're two white guys sitting on the couch trying to unravel it and and there are moments where i'm like feeling uncomfortable and stuff <laughs> yeah so it's like so it's like the, the the heart is probably in the right place like the you know like the 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 themes are right, but it, when you look at it deeply, it feels very it fall, wrong. It falls apart, and especially when you think about like what happened originally. Yes. So basically oh, yes. everything that Sam did, standing up, changing the town, changing this woman's view on race, sort of starting a little movement, what had happened to this guy that he's in was he was a saddled chauffeur who's like, whose boss died. Yeah, and yeah. did nothing. Yeah, like that guy did like nothing. What a sad sack of shit. Right, <laughs> and every character that Sam leaps into in every episode is just like, even like the chimpanzee episode where he leaps into a chimpanzee in the space program. What he has to do is pass the chimp tests to be the chimp astronaut. Like, so what happened originally was like a shitty chimp couldn't go to space. Like right. that's like what, uh, and, and also on a, an even more historically historical a, a, aspect, this is basically saying that this was like before Rosa Parks. This is like this started that, you know, yeah. like that this is like one of the because this would be I mean, think about it. If this was in a town and the ex-governor, right, he was the governor. Yeah. Charles was the governor. The, the wife sits down for lunch. This would be a newspaper article that would be fairly well. I mean, that would be reported. That yeah. would be a huge deal. Yeah, that'd be a very big deal. That would make news that would inspire others that would ripple throughout history. And it's. It's sort of like how in Back to the Future, part two or one, where Alex B. Keaton, Michael J. Fox, <laughs> Wayne, Knight. Uh, Wayne Knight slash Dennis Nedry uh, plays Johnny B. Good. And they, that's, like, uh, it's that's like, one and two. He, they, yeah. they show it also in two. And it's like, hey, they, Marvin, yes, this is your, he, this is, this is, hey, Chuck, this is your cousin Marvin, Marvin Barry. You know that new sound you're listening to? You're looking for it? Listen to this. So it's basically like, oh, this white kid from the 1980s created like Chuck Berry's career. Right, but in in that moment it's uh yeah, I guess in both in both cases it's circular because it's like which started which. You know, it's the uh the time travel loop because if if Michael J Fox first played it and and then Chuck Berry played it, then where did it actually originate? Uh, but no, I think in Quantum Leap, I don't think that that's... I think in Quantum Leap, that's not true. That's, that's not, not true, true because, because like there could be an entirely because... different civil rights movement. And with the John F. True. Kennedy episode, it what we what we, the reveal in that is that in Sam's history, the history that we're watching on this show, originally both John and Jackie Kennedy were killed. That's right. And he saves Jackie which Kennedy. Which is pretty smart. He saves Jackie Kennedy to create the history that we know. 
Which also opens up just another worm, like a bag of worms. Yeah. Is that the, is that the saying? Yeah, bag, a big bag of worms. Yeah. <laughs> a big, slippery bag of worms. And there, there, I think there are episodes where uh, the existence of the Quantum Leap program comes into question. Where like some action Sam would take would destroy the ability for him right. to have leaped in the first place, which would destroy the universe. Which again would be a God thing. Where, where, yeah. What's the role of God? Yeah. Um, so that let, now that we basically deconstruct the whole thing... Um, if you don't mind, we I did tweet out to a couple to the internet to to send any quantum leap related things, and we got we got an interesting. Um, well, I just got another one uh, that's uh, somebody said, "What is quantum leap?" <laughs> Which is, hey, if you're this deep into an episode, this episode, yeah. and you don't know what quantum leap is, good luck. Um, but <laughs> I think we did a pretty good job of explaining it. If if you're confused, Ziggy, Ziggy, a computer run by Gushy, oversees a time traveler and his hologram friend, who some people think is a ghost or maybe God. And he looks like Dick Tracy. <laughs> and he looks like, like reverse Dick, opposite, like photo negative Dick Tracy. All right, so right now we're gonna watch. Um, actually, Trizzle six two eight sent us a video. Oh, sweet. Trizzle six two eight who sent us last week a video uh, a video. Can yes. I can I? There's a question there. Can I answer that question real quick? Yes, the, the yes, Doug, yes. The, yeah. Uh, who sent this? Let's give whoever. This is the... another one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I. Uh... Yeah, because I can answer this question really quick. Great. This is from uh, Anthony Sabelli, uh-huh. and he writes uh, at Anthony Sabelli writes uh, Craig Rowan the Judge Patton. I've always wanted to hear this question discussed. Is Quantum Leap the American Doctor Who? No, not at all. Doctor Who leaps throughout history as his own independent agent and doesn't consciousness leap. He physically moves back and forth through time to the future, to the past, while Sam Beckett is limited to his own experiences during his own lifetime for some reason. You listening, Anthony? Yeah. I'd Real never dumb said. question. <laughs> Sorry, Anthony. No, I get, I, I get that because this, this is like the only show that this, – is this the only time travel show on American TV? Ever? Yeah. Um – that's a great question. I mean, like some episodes of the Twilight Zone, obviously, but where like the it follows a main character through time. So, I mean, sliders is other dimensions, but I, I yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there are, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. Right. So that doesn't answer that question. Yeah, but not at see. all. But I can see why those parallels would be made. But Quantum Leap, like a Quantum Leap, is so much. Like time travel is sort of the cherry on the Sunday of Quantum Leap because yeah, what, it, it, Quantum Leap is a show about white guilt. In my in my in my opinion, that's what the show's about. It's about it's about privilege it's about privileged guilt. But it's but here's my question for you, because not every episode is about like the civil rights or you know, some are about like gangsters or say Right, uh, yeah. I should use like, white guilt. I should use privileged guilt. Like yeah. basically, oh well, if these dummies like had any sense in them, they would have done this we they would have acted this way the first time around. So it comes from a sense of Sam's like sort of the, but I also think in a way like the same with I, I and I like time travel stuff a lot. I love Back to the Future. I love Back to the Future Two. Like Back to the Future Three. Yeah. But there's also this: no matter what, if you're dealing with time travel, it's this idea of like we're able to touch the past, we're able to change things, and no matter what, you're going to be influenced by whatever your present is. You know what I mean? Like if you know the main character is a white scientist, so obviously that's that, but. But he's always going to if if it's if him, he's leaping into other people's lives, like he's going to affect them the way that his character is. You know, he like Michael J. Fox is from a '80s teenager, you know, mall type kid. This is from a future scientist from 1999. New That's Boston. a really good point, and pretty much invalidates everything I've said for the best. 
You know what? <laughs> no, it's really that's a really good point. That's a really good point. But, but so I, I, I think quantum Le- the writing and the direction on Quantum Leap is very heavy handed. I, I'd say that this one in particular definitely feels like that. But I, I'd say on the whole, the show is not. I wouldn't say. It doesn't make me feel uncomfortable watching every episode as if, like, what are, what are we doing here, guys? You know, I feel... <laughs> yeah. Um, that being said, let's watch Trizzle's um, Canada Dry commercial that he sent us uh, with, starring Scott Bakula. How about a nice cola for our wonderful band? All the sweet stuff's really getting to us, ma'am. Because my tastes are changing. I'm reaching higher. Ready to greet... That was pretty amazing. That was. I kept waiting for him to like leap out of it. I know. Yeah. Like, like, Cause it's, he like did what he needs to do and then leaps out of it. It's uh, it's Scott Bakula in the 19. 19- it actually looked like the scene from the enchantment under the sea dance and back to the future. <laughs> and he's, he's playing a piano and somebody hands him a bottle of Canada dry and it spices up the world really right. heavily. Well, no, somebody tries to hand him a Coke Ooh. and he says, none of that sweet stuff. Right. And then takes the Canada dry and does a big song and dance in like a weird uh, enchantment under the sea slash Copacabana in the 30s jazz club. And he really he really dances. He really dances. It's, you know what it is? It's just one of those things where it's like, that's before he hit, and he was in a commercial where he's going to have regretted being in that yeah. commercial, but he needed it. <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those things. Yeah, there's no reference to Quantum Leap, no reference to him being Scott Bakula. But it is true that I do want him to leap out of there and just yeah. be like... Like he takes a sip of the, the ginger ale, leaps out, and he oh. leaps into... Some other situation says, oh boy, credits roll. But it should be that he leaps into another commercial. That would be an amazing episode oh, yeah. of Quantum Leap if during the commercial he, he, lo- he looks he looks into a reflection and it's it's Scott Bakula looking at a reflection of a California raisin. That would be amazing <laughs> if at the end of this he looked into the reflection and he was Ray Charles in a Pepsi commercial because remember when oh, yeah. Ray Charles was yeah. in like the diet Pepsi commercial? You got the right one, baby. And he's like, that's right. I'm Ray Charles. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much, Josh, for... Uh, hey, can I real quick clarify a point? I think I lost an argument sure. to you. Oh, yeah, I, sure, I think sure. I figured it out while I was watching this. Yeah, sure, sure. Quantum Leap is different from Doctor Who and other time travel things because it's so aggressively navel-gazing. Mm. It's about his own lifetime, things that he knows and already has opinion, strong opinions on, whether it's justice or anything like that. It's not like, oh, this person transplanted into a time because he never does science when he goes back. That's true. Like Marty McFly does teenage things and rock and roll stuff. Like he yeah, does teenage that's actually Scott Bakula, that- like it's very like he's it's very reflective upon like this character's lifetime of thoughts about what he thinks history is. But at the same time, argument wise. I don't think we know that much about Sam. We know about his Vietnam brother, and yes. I can't name one. I, I can grew up in name. Kansas because he leaps back or Iowa, right. yeah, yeah, some small town. Yeah, yeah. And, but I can't name like that many traits about him except for he's like pretty willing to go for it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like so he that is true in cool, a way. But cool hair and a willingness to get down. Yeah, he's single. <laughs> Ready to mingle. I guess, right? Because yeah. he never has any qualms about kissing. He never like has yeah, that. Yeah, he's never like, like which oh, would have been an interesting, yeah. hey, what are you going to yeah. do? Let's let's bring back Quantum Leap and make it now, like 2019. Okay. 
So leave from 2019. Where would you go? Where would be the first place you would go? You'd have to. What's go the to, first episode you would write? You'd have to do the uh, uh, gay marriage. Gay marriage. <laughs> so, gay wait, marriage is it not going to happen, or you just stop it? We'll see. We'll see. Just stop the, it. We'll see what happens. I would say, like, I think a, a good easy one would be like, uh, like preventing the baseball strike. What nineteen ninety? Yeah, ninety four <laughs> baseball strike. Yeah, because it's after Quantum Leap. It was yeah. after it was the the but, show went off the air. So like, I, I like that you did not go to September eleventh. <laughs> no, I mean like that's like a season finale. That, that would be that would be that would be episode ten or the the season finale of the first season because they'd be like this might get us another season because- right but you you wouldn't do it you wouldn't stop it you just change oh, it no, slightly no. You, there'd be three there'd be another airplane yeah it would be like the jackie kennedy that i mean that's this quantum leap took down the flight in chambersburg pennsylvania is chambersburg is yeah, t- yeah take it away take away from the the actual heroes mm, yeah if you've seen united 93 but that's what, that it, is. That, that's what movie. it is like that's how if that yeah. happened today you'd be like Dude, Whoa, guys. this is not cool. Not cool. Yeah, this is not cool to have Scott Bakula take the kill shot on Bin Laden. That, like, that's I not mean, cool. I think that, but that would be awesome. <laughs> if they did Zero Dark Thirty, if that character like <laughs> leaped out, he like sees like Osama Bin Laden's screaming wife and child, looks into a mirror, says "Oh boy," <laughs> then double taps Bin Laden, <laughs> and then he leaps out and he leaps into Bin Laden as a child. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we, we, we you heard it here first. Um, thanks so much, Josh. Do you want to let people know how they can find you uh, on the internet? Or yeah, sure. It? I got a Twitter account. It's the Josh Patton. P a t t e n uh, is my Twitter handle. The Josh Patton. So go to that. I tweet there and jot down jokes and stuff. And then you know, always watch Weekend Update. That's fun. And if you're in New York, come see Grandma's Ashes uh, any Saturday. But uh, if it's a Saturday where Saturday Night Live is not a new episode, I will probably be there. You yeah if and if it is a Saturday Night Live episode then you'll be maybe dashing in and out like Mrs. Doubtfire costume change I'll probably be mid costume change somewhere around 40th your boobs will be on fire and you'll be going ooh (laughs) hello yeah classic classic Saturday night Um, thank you so much for enjoying Quantum Leap with me yeah thank you for having me it was great oh boy we shall overcome Someday. I'd like to thank my guest, Josh Patton, for watching Quantum Leap with me. I'm hoping this isn't the last episode of Quantum Leap I watch for this podcast because I like it a lot. It's a great show, and I enjoy it, and thanks, Josh, for watching it with me. Check in back next week. We'll have a new episode, and follow on Twitter at Craig Rowan. You become a fan on Facebook at It's That Episode. And uh, just pass it along. Write a review on iTunes. Who cares? Just be yourself, whatever. Do what you want to do. Know where you're going to. Do what you want. And that will be good for you. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great night and an early manana. Adios, amigos. (laughs) 